Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. This is the second in a two-part episode of the podcast on the subject of the holiday of Shavuot, which we observe beginning Sunday evening, May 16th. In the Torah and in Temple times, Shavuot was known as Chagabi Kurim, the holiday of the first fruits, when in a ritual described in the book of Deuteronomy, the farmers would bring the Bikurim, the first fruits of the harvest, up to the temple and express their gratitude and their praise for God who had brought the people out of Egypt, brought them into the land and enabled the harvest to take place. Following the destruction of the temple, the Bikurim ceremony did not continue. It was stopped. The rabbis of the tradition then connected the holiday of Shavuot to the day of the giving of the Torah. They said that the 6th of Sivan, the day on which we observe Shavuot, was in fact the day of the revelation at Sinai. And the holiday of Shavuot becomes Zaman Matan Toratenu, the time of the giving of our Torah. And most of us, when we think about Shavuot, focus on that idea of Torah, the importance of Torah study, the importance of living the lessons that we learn from Torah to make our lives more meaningful, more sacred, and hopefully help the world along its way to redemption. So today I want to talk about that part of the holiday, Zaman Matan Toratenu. Shavuot is the anniversary of the revelation at Sinai. And I want to focus on two questions. The first is, why do we need a second Torah holiday when we have Simchat Torah earlier in the year? And the second question is, why is it important to recognize the anniversary of the revelation at Sinai? Let me talk about the first question first. Simchat Torah and Shavuot are completely different holidays with completely different focuses. Simchat Torah is the moment in which we conclude the reading of the Torah in the weekly cycle and begin it again. It is a time to do hakafot, processions with the Torah scroll, to think about the Torah as a ritual object which brings great meaning into our lives and great joy into our lives. And so we celebrate with the Torah. We dance, we sing, we carry it around the synagogue proudly as part of the appreciation of the ability to have the Torah, to continue to read the Torah. Shavuot is something different. We usually don't dance and sing with the Torah. We open it up and study it. Shavuot focuses on the content of Torah, while Simchat Torah focuses on the concept of Torah. Both are happy holidays, both are festivals, both are times of great joy, but with, again, a different focus. I like to make a comparison and a metaphor to describe the difference between Simchat Torah and Shavuot. Simchat Torah is, if you will, like Valentine's Day while Shavuot is like a wedding day or a wedding anniversary. They both have the foundation of love, but Valentine's Day is the idea of celebrating the idea of love. Shavuot, reminding us of a wedding day or a wedding anniversary, says it's not just about the concept, it's not just about a ritual, it's about the deep commitment, the covenant, the connection that we feel towards the Torah 
And that is expressed not by dancing with the scroll, but by actually studying Torah. Because that's what our covenant is based on. And that's what our relationship with Torah is based on, actually studying, not just dancing and singing with it. I'm not denigrating Simchat Torah to that degree. It's a wonderful celebration, and it's very meaningful. But it is a completely different focus than Shavuot does, which grounds that love and that celebration of Torah in the study, in the content, in the commitment, in the covenant that Torah implies. Now, the second question. Why is it important to have a holiday to celebrate the anniversary of the revelation at Sinai? And before I answer that question, I want to make it clear that I understand completely that every Jew has a different understanding of what happened or didn't happen at Mount Sinai. You can't even tell from the Torah itself exactly what happened. And we're all over the map in terms of what was taught, what did we hear, did it happen that way, did it happen on one day, was it a process? I understand that those are questions that philosophers, theologians, and every Jew will argue with and would discuss and wrestle with. For the purpose of this morning's episode, though, of the podcast, I want to have an understanding that I'm going to be referring to the event at Sinai as the moment in which Torah came into the world. However you understand that, however you interpret that, that's what I'm basing it, that that, that that moment at Mount Sinai was the moment in which Torah came into the world. And that becomes very important. I've talked a lot in this podcast about the concept of creation and how I feel that talking about a moment of creation has the result of linking people throughout the world linking every individual throughout the world to each other because we're all part of the result of that original creation. And that's what links us together. That's what makes us equal. That's what makes us all working towards the same goal, no matter what our faith or lack of religious faith might lead us to. That's why I believe that creation is so important. And similarly, I think that is why the revelation at Sinai as an event is so important. Because it links Jews together throughout the world. It is the link that connects us to each other, whether we observe Torah, whether we study Torah or not. That is the connection that our ancestors stood at Mount Sinai and made a vow. And each of us, whether we were born as Jews or Jews by choice, have taken on that vow to continue to study and to understand Torah. But here, I want to bring in another metaphor. And it's a metaphor I used in my book, The Long Way Around, Stories and Sermons from a Life's Journey, and one which I, I love to teach because it reflects another of my great loves, the game of baseball. I want you to think for a moment about home plate. And then I want you to look out into the outfield and notice that the field of play in baseball, unlike in football, the field of play in baseball widens as you move away from home plate. And that's courtesy of that great invention of baseball called the foul lines. They come together at home plate and then they continue to widen the, the area of the playing field 
as they go off into the outfield fence and, theoretically at least, infinitely beyond, creating ever and ever widening spaces. So now I want you to think of standing in the outfield as being the field of Torah study and Torah learning and Torah expression. Ever since Mount Sinai, we have understood Torah in different ways, in increasingly different ways, giving more and more people the opportunity to express their idea of what Torah means. Every time we sit and talk about Torah at a Shabbat table, every time a rabbi gives a sermon, every time a barabat mitzvah gives the Devar Torah from the Bema, every time a person writes a poem based on a story in the Torah, every time somebody does an interpretive dance or paints a picture of a narrative in the Torah, they are adding to the amount of Torah in the world. And as time moves along and different approaches to Torah study appear, they add to the amount of Torah in the world. It's an ever-widening space. And because that, that space is ever-widening, it gives every person an opportunity to find their place out in that outfield someplace where they're connected to Torah study in a particular way, either because of something they read and heard or something they thought or wrote themselves. The beauty of the process of Torah study is that it builds one generation to the next, one individual, one teacher, one Jew to the next. And in order to make room for all of that, the lines have to ever widen like the foul lines in a baseball diamond. But we may stop and ask ourselves, where's the connection? Where is the connection that we have with each other as Jews? if we're interpreting Torah in all of these different ways? And the answer is, we turn back to home plate. And we see that point where the lines come together and realize we are all engaged in the same endeavor, that same endeavor of trying to understand the words that our ancestors heard at Mount Sinai in a way that suits us, in a way that suits our time, in a way that takes advantage of, of advances in learning in all different kinds of fields. We have this great expanse of Torah today, but we need to remember where it started. And we need to pay tribute to that because it is that point that makes us realize that we are all engaged in the same pursuit, that of bringing more meaning to that which our ancestors heard. I want you to think for a moment about the blessings we say for an aliyah. When a person goes up to the Torah, the blessings end with the words, Baruch ata Adonai noten ha-Torah. Blessed be God who gives the Torah or giver of Torah. Revelation continues. In fact, philosophers will call this continuing revelation. Every time a new truth is learned from the Torah, which means every time anybody sincerely seeks to understand a section of Torah. It is as if the Torah is still being given. It is a revelation which continues. But we also say in those blessings, Natan HaTorah, that God gave us the Torah in a recognition of the fact that the moment that the Torah was given, the moment that this process began, 
is the moment that unites us all as Jews. Just as the moment of creation unites us all as human beings, that moment of the revelation of Sinai unites us all as Jews. So let us keep going. Keep pushing those fences further out. Keep letting those lines widen. Keep coming up with new ideas of what Torah means and how it can help us to live a life of greater meaning, of greater holiness, and to bring the world to a better place through our actions. But let's never forget the fact that this process began one day in time when Torah appeared on the earth and united all of us as Jews, now and for generations to come. I hope that you'll take the opportunity on Shavuot to study Torah, to begin that process, to continue that process if you've been doing it already, hopefully to increase the amount of energy and passion you bring to your Torah study on whatever level you do it, in whatever way you do it to find the interpretations that mean something to you and share your own ideas as part of this ever-widening field of Torah study, which had its start at home plate at Zaman Matan Toratenu on a Shavuot day many thousands of years ago, the day we became a people with a mission, and the mission is Torah. Chag Sameach to everyone. And until next time, thank you.